Hi, this is Patty Johnson. My Be a Wavemaker podcast is a conversation on change, how to lead it, prepare for it, and thrive when work and life are full of surprises. I'll have Wavemaker guests join me and we will share ideas, tips, and strategies you can use now. We all want to build resilience and increase our confidence in ambiguity. This conversation is where we deconstruct these topics to give you real-world insights so you not only welcome change, but initiate it. I hope you'll join us. Today's conversation dives into how to grow your circle and professional relationships. And because this is a conversation on change, you can't have all of the answers because you've never done this before. So whether you're starting a new business, leading a big organizational change, or change in the course of your career, it's all new stuff. So if your circle is the same people you've always had, you're missing the best chance to learn, to get new information and insights. Today's guest is Sean Murphy, the author of The Optimistic Workplace and also Work Tribes, and is a leader in organizational development and workforce trends. And so in our conversation today, we explore things like how do you face the fear of reaching out to new people? How do you make sure it's based on mutuality, as Sean says, and how to actually plan time to build relationships? You'll want to hear more about how Sean connects our values to growing our own unique inner circle. Really interesting guest and topic. I learned so much and I hope you will too. Hope you'll join us. All right. Welcome everybody. Thanks for joining. Our topic today is why you need a bigger circle, why you need to grow relationships. And we know when it comes to change and learning and figuring stuff out that you haven't done before, the importance of having new relationships. The truth is you don't already know everyone you need to go. So whether you're starting a new job, you're what you're changing your careers, you're taking on a big change at your organization you haven't done before, starting a new business, all of those require growing that circle, building more relationships, because that's how you will learn. So my guest today is literally the first person that kind of came into my mind when I started thinking, who does this really, really well? And it's Sean Murphy. And let me tell you just a bit about Sean before we jump in here. Sean is the author of The Optimistic Workplace and Work Tribes, both great books. If you haven't read them, I hope you'll check them out and has consulted and advised on many types of organizations, private, public, family-owned, state government agencies, and has been a director of organizational development and workforce trends. He was also selected to join IBM's Elite New Way to Work Futurist Group and recently named a Top 100 Leadership Speaker by Inc. What have I missed, Sean, on your story? I know there's more. What have I missed? It's always interesting to listen to your own bio because you're like, gosh, I sound good. But in all honesty, I find myself to be very modest when I like to talk about myself. <laughs> uh, and, and I certainly have received feedback around, you need to promote yourself more, Sean, yes. and, which is interestingly connected to the topic that you want to talk about today. Mm-hmm. So, but I think you, you did a good job. Oh, thank you for that. And San Francisco's home. San Francisco is home. Yes. And it's, you know, I've always wanted to live here and it's been very interesting to live here during a pandemic. So it's not quite exactly the the luster and allure that I had wanted. (laughs) Yeah, I think you maybe, yeah, you kind of missed the full experience or at least up to this point. But um, you was thinking, I don't really know who introduced us. Do you? You know, I 
don't. I remember I was at a client's office, uh, at a client's, and your book was just coming out. And you and I met, and I, and I believe we had a conversation around just kind of like getting the word out about your book. It was something along those lines. Yes. And I, I don't know. I need to go back and try to figure out. But one of the reasons I thought of you is that's exactly right. It was, I had just written this book. I have spent all my time on my business working. And this was like a, going into a completely new land for me, writing a book and what do you do? And and you were so generous um, when our in our very first conversation and so genuine. And right just from that first conversation, you pulled me into a group of bloggers, who people who write about the stuff that you and I are interested in, human behavior and organizational behavior and change and talent and all the rest. And you also introduced me. Actually, we met right before my book was complete because you introduced me to Richard Sheridan of Menlo Innovations, and he ended up being one of the wave makers in my book. And it was funny because how many times do you have just one conversation with someone and they were very helpful? But that's been seven years ago, probably six, seven years ago. And we stayed in touch and became a business friend. And I kind of came to know that you are someone who has a big circle. And I can kind of see why based on my own experience, but I wanted to dive into that topic with you today because for any listener, they're thinking about how do I grow my circle when it may not come naturally to me, maybe as much as you, Sean. So that's kind of where where I want to go with this today. Sounds great. So how did you build these habits? Were you just born this way of someone who was a natural relationship builder, connector, I'm smiling here because uh, no, in fact, up until junior, up until high school, I was painfully shy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we all have our moments throughout the arc of our lives, uh, whether Mm -hmm. it be, you know, growing up or as adults where we have these defining moments. And I think when I got to high school, I finally just said, you know what? I'm going to be the most popular person in school. I'm going to become junior class president. So it was really a mindset, I think, in the, in the beginning. And it, as silly as that sounds today, right, as, as, a, yeah. as, a, as an adult. But I think what I realized is it's a choice. You know, you can be an introvert. You can be shy. You could be very extroverted and very outgoing. You could be very introverted and outgoing, frankly. Yes. And it's really, you know, a a choice of, do I want to build relationships or do I, can I believe I could do this by myself? You know, that rugged individual mentality. And I can tell you nothing great was done by one person. There are always people either behind the scenes or up front with anything that needs to be done that's important, whatever important might mean. So I learned, you know, when I started my my business that I had to have a network of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To do it. So I want to go back for a minute before we leave Sean as junior class president. So even, you know, going back in time, I think the hard part for people is to say, I know I need to get out there more. I know I need to build more relationships. How do you, you said it was a mindset change. Was it, what got you to make that, that flip? Well, I, I think, you know, back then it was probably something just about, you know, kind of learning about who I am, right? But I think if we were to place that same 
mentality or mindset as adults, we're always learning. In fact, I remember in my corporate learning and development days, you know, I learned a saying from a friend, you know, if you're green, you're growing. If you're ripe, you're rotting. And it's always stuck with me. And I think it stuck with me because I thought, you know, if I'm going to continue to grow, the thing that's going to be most important is the relationships. And for those who might be going, gosh, you know, I, I'm, I don't know what to say, or how do I even find someone? Here's what helped me. One is to first go, I can't do anything great by myself. It's going to require others. And then the other thing is probably get really clear on what are your values? What is it that you want to accomplish? And, and those have been you know, uh, the rudder, if you will, in my life. When I think about you know, meaningful work or you know, living or working with purpose, right? those for me were kind of the, the, the foundation to say, okay, well, if I'm going to do meaningful work, I need to know and connect with people who are smarter than me or doing interesting work that's you know, maybe not what I do, but it's aligned with me philosophically. So I think those getting clear on those values and what you want to accomplish will help you determine whom to, to whom do you reach out? Mm -hmm. Yes. And I felt like with me, just so generous. I mean, you were so generous and helpful to me and expected nothing, you know, and I think that kind of stood out. And it reminds me, as you and I were talking a minute about getting ready for this discussion and the fact that so many people view it as a transaction, you know, that networking is kind of a dirty word. And yet you're coming at it really differently. It's not like, oh, I need to, I need help. So I need to go meet these three people so they can help me. You kind of sounds like you're, you kind of had a really different lens on it. Yeah. So, so how you and I met was at the start of uh, a website that I had co-founded called switchandshift.com. It doesn't exist anymore today. And our goal was to explore what the human side of business looks like in practice and in, in, in theory. And I think you, when you have a good idea, it does attract people. So that does help, right? So to go back to your earlier question, how do you reach out to people? How do you broaden or, or make your circle bigger? A good idea is certainly going to do that because people are attracted to good ideas. But I think when we started going through this growth period and seeing there was interest, what I started doing was it's like, who's out there that's doing good work? And I just went on LinkedIn and, and Twitter and just started reaching out to people saying, hey, we've got this website. It's growing in popularity. I really like what you're writing about on this topic, and I want to invite you to come check it out. So you know, if we deconstruct that action, it's really about mutu mutuality, which is uh, another one of my friends, uh, Kari Anderson, what she calls it. She calls it mutuality or you know, mutually beneficial relationships. Adam Grant calls it givers or takers, right? Yes, I, I love that. I know, right? I'm a giver. And... I didn't ask for anything in return other than, in this case, for people to write something for the website. But 
there's also another side to this about being a giver. It's also about reciprocity, right? I think when you model your behaviors around reciprocity and mutuality, people pick up on that and people are attracted to that. And so you start bringing those people into your circle who are similarly minded. Now, I don't want to be all Pollyanna and say, you know, I met everybody who came from a similar mindset because that is not the case. But by and large, you know, by showing up and wanting to be helpful, that helped create, I think, a really strong bond with people. And consequently, you know, you and I have known each other for seven years and I was thinking you know, kind of reminiscing before our, our interview today. And I'm like, you know, one of the marks of a great relationship, and I want people to hear this in the context of work, but it applies to any relationship. One of the markers of a great relationship is time doesn't determine the quality of that relationship. You and I have known each other for seven years. I think probably there's there had been a year, maybe even oh, longer. Sure. That went by and we didn't interact with each other. And as soon as we did, it was like we picked up where we left off. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think that's a really important point. And I want to explore what you, with some good little kernels there in what you just mentioned. So the looking around at people that were doing interesting things, like on Switch and Shift, where you talked about, wow, this is something great to be part of. I think this is going to, anybody's going to want to be part of this. So you felt confident reaching out to people. The one, well, I'll say two things I hear most often from people who are hesitant to reach out, maybe when there isn't a balance there, maybe sometimes you might just need help. Like when I first called you, you needed help, you needed advice, is fear of bothering someone. Oh, I don't want to be, oh, I don't want to be, you know, a problem. And the second one is vulnerability, where meaning if I'm asking for help, it has been so wired into me that I need to do my stuff. I need to figure out how to do my stuff. And if I have to ask for help, it puts me in an uncomfortable position. I don't know if you agree with that, but I mean, I think over the years, if I had to categorize anybody who's like, Ugh, I hate to get out there, they seem to fall into one of those two buckets. Does that ring true for you? Am I on base on that? Well, so let me just say this up front. I'm always mindful of bothering people, right? And I'm also at times too proud to ask for help. So I don't want people to think that I've mastered something and never have and never deal with those issues. Those are real human issues, right? And I think when you're trying to build your circle, if you tap into those concerns as a way to kind of help you think about how you reach out to someone, I think you're going to be very genuine and, and also you know, relatable. So, you know, let's just kind of take, you know, I don't want to bother someone, right? right? Well, here's what you need to think about. If you, you know, I'm not going to give any context, but if you need to reach out to someone and you don't have any connection with that person whatsoever, mm -hmm. the first thing that you want to think about or first thing you want to do is, what do I know about this person, right? right? So do your homework. What do they write about? What do they talk about? What topics are interesting to them? You know, if, you, if you're on social media and that, that person is as well, you, 
what do they share? What do they tweet? What do they put on Instagram? What are they, you know, whatever platform they use, be familiar with their work. Because if you're going to ask for something, you want to make sure you know a little bit about them, right? So that's one thing is get to know who they are, what their work is. And then when you do reach out, be clear and be confident, right? Last thing you want to do is, hey, I hate to bother you. Right? Like, well, you, well you, you are, right? I don't even know who you are, right? So say, you know, hey, Patty, I, my name is Sean. I'm doing some work on you know, a leadership development program, and I've been reading your work on Wavemakers and, and people who are out there making positive change in the organization. I'd really like to set up a, you know, a 15, 20 minute meeting with you to see if maybe you'd be interested in sharing some of your ideas because I'm writing an article or something like that, mm -hmm. right? right? So there I'm, I'm, I'm being confident. I show that I know what you're doing and I know what your kind of your platform is. And then I'm making an ask that is helping you showcase what you're up to. And it's also helping me do what I need to do by featuring your ideas and whatever I'm writing now. So that's just an example. example. Also, you know, I think sometimes too, like I, I talked to a lot of people who are maybe they're you know, somebody I've been talking to a lot just those last couple of days, somebody's graduating with their MBA and they're getting, they're looking for that next thing. And sometimes it's as simple as you want to connect with somebody just because you need advice, they might be able to offer. And so there is that imbalance of power there. But the other thing I always tell people, especially earlier in their careers, when they are trying to make a change in their, in their work, their career, whatever. I mean, think about for us, how many times people helped us and so back to your values point, I try to help people when I can. Sometimes I, I'm not the right person or I don't have the right words of wisdom, whatever it may be. But to ask for advice, guidance is also a compliment. And some people have time, sometimes they don't, but it's okay to ask for help. And whether it's like you said, you have something you want them to do or you just need their thoughts. And I think that's sometimes that's really hard for people to step out and do that. I don't want to, I don't want to bug you, you know? Yeah. Well, it, it, I think we all need to be surrounded by a network of people, you know, in a professional sense, right? Mm -hmm. We also need to be surrounded by, have meaningful relationships in our personal lives, but in the context of the workplace, you know, so I'll share another example. I, um, you know, my former position, I was doing, actually, no, I'm going to go bigger than that. So I used to host a, a podcast called Work That Matters. And as I got more momentum and more confident in asking people to be on the show, you know, just the act of reaching out and, and being told no or not hearing anything at all or hearing yeses, Right. The more I did it, the more comfortable I got. Right. And the more comfortable I got, the more audacious I got. So mm -hmm. I got so comfortable with asking people, you know, I reached out to Ariana Huffington and she had a book come out at the time. And I just reached out and asked if she'd be on my show. And much to my surprise, she said yes. Right. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so it's, it's really about thinking. And, and I'm going to repeat myself because I think it's important and, and you just reiterated it. You know, why are you reaching out? Not because you want to be connected to really high profile people, 
that's disingenuous, right? Really, you want to have a clear purpose behind the circles that you build, right? You know, in professional worlds, you know, maybe you're not creating content, but maybe you are, maybe you are a manager who's needing to really kind of boost your team's performance. And you're like, gosh, how am I going to do this? Maybe, you know, there's, there are people that you need to reach out to that could help you think about what you need to do. Well, you got to have a circle of friends or uh, professional relationships that you cultivated to really do that. And so, you know, it's important to set aside time on a weekly basis to nurture your relationships. You know, that's, that's a really important point, what you just said of, you know, the making the time for that. So for you, who I must say, maybe you're not, but you seem like, again, it's more of a natural, just who you are to, to grow your circle, have a lot of relationships. You said make time for it. For somebody who isn't, it isn't so natural for them to grow their circle. How do you do that? Is, is it scheduling? Is it planning? What? How do you do it? Well, so I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty planful guy, right? So my days are very busy in meetings, you know, working on projects, whatever it happens to be. What I'll do is I have what I call my ideal week. And on my calendar, I'll put the activities that I need to do for me to feel good about my week. And one of those activities is at least twice a week for 15 minutes, even up to 30, I'll either reach out to people that I know or reach out to people that I want to get to know. And I will send out LinkedIn requests or I'll email someone that I haven't spoken with in a while or call someone, right? So I think one is if you want to do this and you're hesitant because maybe you're not comfortable with it or you're uncomfortable with the idea of quote unquote asking for help or bothering someone one of the ways to to hold yourself accountable is to set aside time on your schedule and and, and in the beginning it might be you spend 15 minutes kind of looking through linkedin but again where i think it's going to really help someone who's not familiar with how to do this is kind of be clear on what's your intent, you know, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? What are your values? Those will help guide mm -hmm. wh whom you reach out to. Yes. Right. And I can remember somebody telling me one time um, on this whole topic of asking for help, make it easy for someone to help you be specific. Like you said that earlier, mm -hmm. say what you're, what you would really be helpful to you. What would be really meaningful? Not you know, I have some ideas. I've been thinking people who are busy can't, I can't do anything with that. And so be specific, make the ask. And the other point that you made that is really interesting when you said you had your podcast, you got bolder. And I'm going to go on a limb and say, it's when somebody told you, no, it was more of an, oh, well, you know, someone else will say yes, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In fact, it, it became, I, I developed through rejection, this <laughs> mindset of like, what's it going to hurt? The worst thing they could do is not respond, right? Mm -hmm. To me, that was the worst thing. But to get a no, then I know, okay, I cannot count on this person to be on my podcast or to, to work with, to meet with me because I'm looking to broaden my circles in that particular space. I'm just going to 
go on a quick tangent here. So at this p- point in my career, you know, what I look at are, okay, what are the type of relationships that are or connections that I want to have that maybe are thin in my circle? And so, for example, kind of towards the end of last year, it's like, I really need to start networking with CIOs. And the reason for me was because I was doing a lot of work that we were targeting CIOs. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to go into LinkedIn and start you know, finding CIOs and I'm just reaching out to them and, and mm-hmm. just saying, hey, here's what I'm up to. And I really would love to pick your brain on this topic or, and right. you know, so, sometimes I got responses, sometimes I didn't. Right. And it was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So Sean, is this growing your circle. I mean, anybody that's listening knows enough about you now to know, I would view you, you kind of have a career portfolio. I cannot think of anything you haven't done. You know, in your career, you've done all different kinds of things. You've also pretty entrepreneurial, I would say. You just, would you think of yourself that way? I do. Yes. Yes. Okay. So given that kind of the way you think about it, are you, can someone learn to do what you are kind of a natural at? If someone said to you, I, I'm not like you, Sean, I can't do this, I, I, but I want to do more of it. What coaching advice would you give? Yeah, good question. So I'm going to give a little bit of kind of a some positive psychology to this answer. Okay. Uh, so one of the things that I am trained in is strengths, right? So mm-hmm. in positive psychology, strengths is made up of a couple of variables. One is it's something that energizes me. And two, I'm good at it or could be good at it, right? Okay. Now, for some people, maybe, you know, growing their circle is a drainer for them. Like, they're like oh, my God, I hate doing this. There are right? some of those, yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. one is me like, okay, clear on the fact that that's not your forte, right? So if you have the option of... let's say you're working with some people who are, and maybe someone is really good at that, make that person the the person who does the outreach for you, right? Now, I would say, however, that great leaders are building great relationships. I agree with you. Because, you know, you're going to, in your, I know you and I are really big into change. So when you're leading change, you're going to run across something that's just going to totally like, you're like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And to have a network or a circle of friends or a circle of colleagues that you can then say, hey, I just experienced this and I kind of want to pick your brain on where my head is with this. Do you have a couple of minutes, right? That's invaluable versus feeling isolated and going, I don't know what to do, right? So if you're, if it's a drainer for you to build these relationships, then maybe you just want to focus on, you know, I have a, a, a big circle. Maybe it's just a smaller, you know, intimate circle that you feel more comfortable with. And that's fine too. But to, to not have your circles and I have circles, not circle, and but that's just my choice, right? But if you don't have a circle that can of people that could be your confidant, that could check your thinking and you that for them, I think that puts you at a disadvantage from from seeing past your biases or seeing 
past the, the, the holes in your logic, right? We need those people in our lives. You know, I can sometimes be too collaborative, right? So I'll have people in my life saying, Sean, this is not a time for collaboration. This is a time for you to really just make a decision, right? Tell us. So that's- Tell us what I'm supposed to do. Yes. <laughs> so I, I would say that's kind of a long answer, but in short, it's like, you know, no matter what your preferences are, we as humans are hardwired to build relationships with others. And so therefore, you know, if it's a drainer for you, then focus on a few quality relationships. Relationships. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, in obviously in, in your two books, Sean, Optimistic Workplace and Work Tribes, you talk a lot about this, you know, collaboration and the energy and the work, working with others and all. And, you know, to me, it, it's a little bit like if you are intentional about it. And I also think back to your early comment at the beginning of purpose of this is why I'm doing it. It is, if you're thinking of it as a transaction, you're never going to get past it. Whether you're an introvert, extrovert, outgoing, ingoing, whatever. If it's a total transaction, we would all those people who, you know, you hear from them every three years when they're getting ready to look for another job. And that's a transaction. And so I, what I hear you saying is it is an ongoing effort. It's a part of your life. It's kind of part of your value system that you've, you've kind of baked into your, your work and your week. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that I did learn back in my early days as in, in corporate America. So I was working for a, a major bank. Um, I had uh, moved up to a senior trainer at the time. So I was okay. in my mid twenties right. and I was talking to the area vice president. And he said to me, he said, Sean, you know what? Mentors are really important in our lives. And he says, I have three mentors, someone who is my age, someone who is younger than me, and someone who's older than me. So that's, that's another way of thinking about this, right? You know, especially if someone is not comfortable with, you know, really building a circle, a good way to, a good alternative is to have, kind of take this approach where, you know, he would meet regularly with these three mentors. and you know, that for him worked, right? Right. To get a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I can remember uh, when I started People Results well over 10 years ago, and, and you've started a business as well. One of the challenges I had at the beginning, I mean, I had been at Accenture, I had been on many business development discussions, but I was always a team, you know, huge multi-million dollar deals and so on. And so I was one of five, right? It was never me. And I can remember when I started, my business, you know, I was getting so much advice from people. Well, this is how you sell stuff and you got to go in and you got, and finally I was, I, I'm not, I was like a fish out of water. I, I, I don't know if I can do that. And I started to not feel like I was, you know, kind of true to myself. And I started realizing, well, back to your purpose point, I do want to help clients figure their stuff out. A lot of our clients are taking on a project that's really important to their career that is more who I am and what I can get behind. So all of a sudden I didn't think about 
selling business development. I didn't even think about it that way anymore. And that was my mental unlock that made me think about this growing and building relationships and, and so on differently. And I'm wondering, you know, back to this advice or, you know, if you were mentoring someone else, how do you think people get past that, that unlock uh, point other than getting somebody else to help you do that? Any other thoughts of, you know, how they can move forward? That's a good question. And, you know, I think in part, you know, there's, there's a point where, I mean, you had mentioned where you just got all this input and you're just like, Oh "Oh my gosh, gosh. I'm on overload here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What is this? You know, you know, I, uh, I'm going to actually share something that a, f- a very dear friend of mine said, shared mm-hmm. with me or shared this week. It wasn't directly with me, but it really mm-hmm. resonated with me. Yeah. And, you know, there's another side to what we're talking about here, and that is the intuition. And mm-hmm. you, you intuitively knew at some point, okay, this is, I'm on overload here. And you knew to maybe kind of pivot or rethink or stop getting input. But what my friend said that really kind of hit me in between the eyes is that she said, where do you blow off your intuition? And then when you do that, what's the impact, right? So you knew intuitively, okay, I'm, this is too much, right? So I, I need to stop checking in with my circle. I need to like recollect myself and refocus on what it is that I'm trying to do and then reset and move forward. So I, I think there's another piece to this that, is kind of intuitive. And, you know, the hard thing with intuition or your gut is knowing when to listen to it, right? Or even knowing that it's there. But I think that's another important point to this is to to listen to what your gut is telling you. Yeah. And I think your gut and intuition, when you listen to it, will often take you back to your values in which is where you started. And what I'm hearing from you in our last couple of minutes here, before I ask you some closing questions, it's some of it is it's outlook, it's values, how you think about it. It's being planful, right? If you, cause you talked, I love, I want to hear more in a separate conversation about your ideal week. I love that, but it, you're, you're planful. And also one last question I do want to ask you is you are not if you are, you, you hide it well. You're not a, really a transactional person. You're not like, no. How, why is, is it because of your values and just you view the relationship as just that is enough? What, yeah. how, not a transactional experience? You know, I, I don't like how it feels when someone approaches me and it's clearly to their benefit and not to mine. So if it feels transactional to me, I'm immediately turned off. So, you know, I, you know, I've lived my life by a couple of mottos, but the one that I think is important to this is seek first to understand, then to be understood, right? It's a St. Francis of Assisi quote that Stephen Covey made really fancy, right? Uh, he took all the fancy flowery language out of it. And when I extend understanding first, and people, they may not understand that, but they feel heard or valued. That creates a much more dynamic, richer interaction. And so for me, that whole transaction piece is lacking understanding. It's not going to help 
anybody who's looking to reach out to me and is coming from that kind of mentality of, I need this from you, it ain't going anywhere. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think, you know, also I think in most relationships, unless it's, if you're in a job search situation, we're going to set that to the side because sometimes you are, you know, you are, you are looking for help and advice. Yes. And you, yes. you aren't, you aren't able to give much in return. And we all recognize that. But you can ask for that in a way that isn't just transactional. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. And I think in most relationships, business friendships, whatever you want to call it is, you know, there's an ebb and flow. There's, there are times when you're helpful to one and then they're helpful to you in return. It's, you know, a little bit of that pay it forward. Very, very helpful. And I love the mutuality and reciprocity mindset and the, the importance of of being planful. I mean, I think like it's not going to naturally happen. Someone's not going to always say somebody's going to come knocking on your door. And it's also important in change back to tie it back to the conversations on change. What you've been describing is one of the ways you learn, right? This is a key way you learn is talking to people in other jobs and other industries that are doing things that you want to do. So very, very important. I want to spend the last couple of minutes on asking you a couple of questions I ask everyone. And the first one what do you know now that you wish you had known then? Oh, goodness. There's so much to that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think probably the one thing that is really kind of a, a, a lesson for me is don't everything, or a, a big lesson for me in the last couple of years is don't believe everything I think. Talk um, about that a minute. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I might, I'm sometimes geared to be anxious. And so ang anxious thinking will kind of cause me to go down a rabbit hole and start thinking things that really aren't true or fully <laughs> informed. So, you know, I wish earlier on I had learned to, to, to step back from okay. what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Don't believe everything you think. That is the truth. I can relate to this story, actually. I get it. <laughs> um, Okay, second thing, what are you reading, watching, listening to that gives you energy that you enjoy right now? Oh, good. Um, this is fun. So I am watching right now Outlander, which is a series that's been around forever. Um, mm -hmm. You can see it on Netflix. And then I'm reading a book from Mark Bittner, who is a, he's a, He's been writing cookbooks, but it's about the the history of food. I, I can't remember the name of it right now, but okay. Mark Bittner just came out. The history of food and the inf and how political and power structures have been built around food and land. It's a very fascinating book. Wow, that does sound interesting. So I'll have to I'll have to check that out. Well, Sean, we could talk forever. I could ask you more questions, but. Thank you so much for your insights on how to grow your circle, build your relationships and connections that are values-based. So I thank you so much for making the time to talk today. Absolutely. And thank you for doing this important work. Thank you, Sean. Bye. Bye. Thank you all for joining us today for Be A Wave Maker Conversations on Change. I hope you learned something new that you can take back and use. Please subscribe as we'll have more conversations on change coming very soon. Have a great week.